All right, I think this is actually the first podcast my guy TK and I coming through. You are absolutely correct, man. I had to show love, you know. It's the Mad Good family, so I wanted to join you on the podcast here. It's about time. About time. The Mad Quick Thoughts. Mad Good Thoughts, whatever the hell we call this thing. <laughs> Wait, this is still a work in progress, guys. So we, we haven't quite decided on what we're going to name these things, but whatever we do is going to be kick-ass. All right. I think we're all pretty excited. More than excited. Oof. Delighted. We have hope. We got a future Absolutely. About damn time, you know? I mean, the Knicks fan base should be nothing but excited. And I know the, the Summer League is is very, um, it's very you know, right. overhyped. You think so? You think it's overhyped? Yeah, you know, it's easy to get very excited and it's easy to get very down on players. But, you know, the Knicks drafted a couple of guys who I think... <laughs> are worthy of being thrilled about. Oh, hands down, hands down. Of course, we have to talk about Kevin Knox. And then the second round gem, the steal of the draft, I'm calling it already, Mitchell Robinson. Money well, that would be Mitch. nothing new, man. We we Money called Mitch. that we called that a couple weeks ago, you know? I mean, there's nothing new, Mitch. But to see him have the highest PER in all of the summer league, not just the highest PER, but he's averaged 4.0 blocks per game, and that's the highest in all of summer leagues. So, I mean, this kid is is a, a lethal weapon, as I like to call it. Yeah, no, hands down, hands down. No association to Danny Glover, though. No they, they They look nothing alike. No. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, going back to, to Kevin Knox, for example, four games... They went, what was it? Uh, one in three. One in three. three. One yep. in three in the summer league. But uh, not impressive. Uh, not impressive. No, but I mean, we saw flashes, though, from respective players. We did. That, I mean, it, it was a beautiful sight to see. Kevin Knox, we saw him average 32 minutes, mm-hmm. 21 points. Let that sink in a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Because these, I, I understand it's the summer league, but these are still the future pros of tomorrow, mm-hmm. who they're going up against. It's funny, you know, because you mentioned the 21 points, and I think, you know, on our Instagram, Mad Good Nick Show, uh, we received several comments, especially after the first game. The first game, he scored 22 points. And, you know, we received several comments, oh, don't get too hyped, don't get too excited. You know, it's just one game he's playing against, you know. How can you not get excited, though, especially in Knicks Nation? People who aren't going to be in the NBA, this and that or whatever and it's like I don't know man you you gotta understand talent translates on any level whether it be high school college you know uh, NBA or professional overseas if you have the talent the the talent will showcase and will be there and I think Kevin Knox has the talent I I don't think I know Kevin Knox has the talent I mean it's very clear at this point he was playing very very comfortably out there he didn't look like he was shaken up or anything of that nature um Jay, right out, out the gate, gate he yeah, looked comfortable. Bro, he was incredibly poised out there. If if I'm not mistaken, he forced anything much, except maybe the fourth game, he was forcing a little bit. But yeah, he towards the third game when the Celtics kind of locked him up, he, you could tell he had some dead legs. But but let me ask you this, because you know you and I did our research on Kevin Knox prior to the draft, right? Leading up to the draft, you and I were watching videos, we were going through you know sound bites, tapes, and footage, and all sorts of stuff. Now. Even you and I thought that he would be semi a project. Yes. Yes. Hands down. Yes. I can only speak for myself here, but I am blown away with how NBA ready he looks already. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm taking it back. I like I am comfortably um, already thinking about him, KP out there, uh, Mitchell Robinson at the same time. Like, dude, we have so much length on the court. Uh, we had a recent wingspan post uh, that was produced by Steph and Pete for us and showcasing that it's it's honestly it's like welcome not only to the garden but welcome to the freak show welcome to the circus you're right and if you guys haven't checked out our, our post on the wingspan uh, make sure you go check that out it's on our Instagram mad good Nick show of course um, and yeah constant plugs constant plugs <laughs> constant plugs man we're gonna be on all platforms you got to throw this out there you know you never know where where the mad good Nick show might end up <laughs> the the, the mad Bad, good Nick show, guys, just so you know. Um, But yeah, I I think we were blown away. And it's funny because a lot of, you know, draft experts that are are so-called experts were saying that, oh, don't worry, uh, Mikael Bridges is the most NBA ready. He he is the most, due to his age and his experience, he's won two NCAA championships, so on and so forth. He will be the most NBA ready. Yeah, that's great and all, you know, but here comes this 18-year-old kid out of Kentucky, like, you know, I, I haven't won anything and I played, you know, a handful of games in college and I'm still NBA ready. And I think that took the league by storm. I think people are taking notice. Even, um, I believe you posted uh, Doris Burke, her, her comments. Doris was preaching. Doris was was on it, right? Well, what did she say about Kevin Knox? I mean, just the fact that she's excited for the Knicks. Because yeah. she's an actual Knicks fan. And uh, she feels as if there's something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm amazed by the management. I am on board with the timeline of everything that we're currently doing. Uh, the constant moves that we saw management do, even during a, a, a season that essentially was nothing for us after KP went down and he still were making moves for someone like Troy Williams, uh, which he played amazingly well in um, Summer League as well. Um, making choices like picking up Alonzo Trier. He was the second leading scorer on our team in the Summer League, 17 points, 45% from the field goal, and I have to say, his handle is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> he shook a few people up, and I want to see people skate at the garden. That's what I want to see. <laughs> we, we're bringing back the ice skates. We're bringing a nice, nice little layer of ice on the hardwood floor. Hardwood floor. People are going to be skating out here. Wee! Woo! There's logo up there. You know, you know what's funny that you mentioned that? <clears throat> Trier uh, and his scoring ability. There's no doubt about it that this kid can flat out score. You know, he's had a couple of uh, mishaps in college and, you know, which led to maybe him potentially not being drafted and whatever. But this kid is a baller. And the Knicks absolutely got a steal when they picked him up as an undrafted uh, uh, rookie free agent, um, as they like to call it. And let me tell you something. For for majority of the games, he was playing out of position. You know, the Knicks yeah. lost Frank Nelikina and they forced Alonzo Trier to be point guard. It's incredible to me um, the way he was able to adapt. I know he didn't have a handful of assists. I think it was only three a game, essentially three point three compared to three. The first game uh, he had four. four I know five again. People were ripping him the second game because he didn't pass the ball. He had zero assists the second game, but then he came back with three. So like you said, he was averaging three point three. Nothing crazy, but at times, you know, he did show that he could be an off guard um, ball handler, not the primary ball handler, but he can make things happen. 
I mean, it's it's pretty much the case where you have to be multifaceted, especially how we're playing the game right now. That's why you have so many bigs that are doing guard-like mm -hmm. uh, motions and things like that on the floor. Um, yo, but I, I mean, with all this said, um, and we're, we have a lot of things to look forward to, how do you think they're actually going to fit in with the major roster, the, the finalized roster, which I think we have a decent idea of because we're not going to make any more... Uh, I think m many moves, if any, left for right. the rest of the season, because uh, we're obviously more so playing for 2019. Jimmy Butler, I see you. You did not sign the extension. Kyrie, holla at your boy. I've heard you've been talking about New York for the longest. <laughs> we look forward to uh, potentially having those guys. But for the time being right now, man, to be honest, I see them fitting in quite nicely. Yeah. Um, the beauty of it is none of these guys really project to be projects as we initially thought so they should see burn you know pretty 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 uh soon in into the season to start the season off we may see these guys getting uh i know Knox should be starting for sure hell yes yeah. he should, should be getting be 30 minutes a game Knox ain't starting something's wrong out here my biggest fear about Knox is just that he's gonna wear down his body isn't physically fit for um the NBA game right now, so, so he may get worn down. He's down. Like, I think the kid is so young; he's going to be so excited. Testosterone should be shooting through the roof. Um, I think the the kid is going to have like a endless amount of energy. I think he's going to bring a certain youth to the team and a certain um, just uh, type of aggressiveness, mm -hmm. um, just because of how focused he seems to be in the game. And he want, I mean, out the gate, he's like, I want to win Rookie of the Year. That's the type of shit I want to hear. That's what I'm talking about. Talk that talk. You know, talk, talk that talk. Walk that walk, walk, boy. Walk that walk. We see you out here, Kevin Knox. Walking like I'm talking. <laughs> cue, cue Drizzy's verse. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, you know, I, I love all that. And I, I agree with you, you know. Um, but there's just a little bit of concern with... With what? what? Get it off with, it's just a little bit of concern with should I <laughs> a little bit of concern with his legs, man. You know, I just don't know if he can hold up a full 82 games. You know how it is just as a rookie. They hit the rookie wall and stuff like that. But all besides all of that, the rookie that I am most looking forward to seeing is my man Money Mitch. Money, Money Mitch Money is Mitch. I mean, <laughs> this this kid's incredible. To take a year off, you know, last time we saw him play um organized basketball was in high school, right? Yeah. He took a year off to to work on his game let me not fail to mention that he did get a chance to work out with anthony davis uh several times mm -hmm. who i can see a future comparison in the works uh of anthony anthony davis and we'll get, get into more, more of that a little uh, no worries <laughs> do your thing i know you're tired it's been a long day guys we're gonna we're gonna cut something probably up next season about all these past seasons already where i yawn on air and uh it's a, it's an inside joke at, at the moment but i think you guys will probably get a kick out of it i tend to yawn i think a little bit too much but before we digress before we digress we'll, we'll show a clip of jay yawning all the damn time <laughs> As you guys know, if you watch the show, Mega Dick Show, Jay yawns all the damn time. Aimless plug. I'm just shooting up a storm here. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> but um, back to back to Mitchell Robinson, man. Yeah. Um, for, well, let me just say this. I think it is absolutely a complete disrespect that fans, so-called experts, continuously make this comparison of Clint Capella. 
I think that's just absolutely disgusting. Oh, um, really? No offense to Clint Capella. No, none. Yeah. I mean, that guy, I think he's a he solid. He's his heart out, man. No, no, he, he's a, he's a great solid role player. But I think that's his potential. Is, is a role player. You know, he, he's maxed out at what he's capable of doing. I don't think he's a franchise-altering player, mm-hmm. whereas I see Mitchell Robinson as a potential franchise-altering player. He has that skill set and those assets to his uh, ability. Um, so, something that I, I just want to drop uh, to a couple of Nick fans, because I know this name will hit home, but I see a young Marcus Camby. I just want to make that comparison. Marcus Camby could run like a deer, get up and down the floor, block shots like no other, rebound, get putbacks. You know, he he was tough, but he had a slight frame. He had a slight... Yeah, he was injury prone. (sighs) Did you really just... Did you really just end my my? That was very anticlimactic of you, Jay. I just want to throw that out there. Especially out of college, he was looked at as a new era type of center because he was pushing the ball. If anything, yeah. Um, And I think think Mitchell Robinson looks looks just just like that. that. I I, I don't know, man. I think uh, Mitch. No offense, man. I think there's a certain uh, like lankiness and like posture that I think he needs to take care of first before I think he's personally pushing up the ball because I think even with Frank if you notice at times a specimen due to his wingspan and also his height mm-hmm. but I think even at times you can see there's a, like a little bit of a, like an awkwardness uh, with motion when he's even just handling the ball regularly mm-hmm. not even doing anything fancy yeah, with well, the Frank's issue is he's too upright when he dribbles the ball I know I understand he's 6'5 and he's got or 6'6 six, six at this point and he, he's got a, a 7 foot wingspan but but he, he needs to get lower to the ground, the center of gravity. Exactly. Um, I agree with you. Um, we recently saw a video of KP trading, and KP was incredibly low to the ground. So I'm just like, if you got the guy that's seven foot three, you know, arguably the tallest player in the league, that low to the ground, Frank, you the point guard. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like, step it up, bro. Get to it. Get to it, bro. We'll, we'll get to Frank because I, I think <laughs> I think there's a lot of uh, misconceptions about Frank and, and how fast he was supposed to develop and what we expected. I, I think we also fell victim to Yo, TK, hold on real quick. I, I'm sorry to cut you off. It, so as we're recording this podcast, yeah. we are also on uh, Instagram Live. Yeah. And someone right now was just like, TK, where's the beard? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, first things first, I'm glad you guys recognize me without the beard. Surprise. <laughs> Guys, guys, it's still me. It's still him. Uh, the beard's growing back. If we can get a little close up on the beard, uh, there's a little five o'clock shadow there. Uh, shout out to you, JSR357. Uh, you still recognize me. I-, I salute you. Thank you. I appreciate it. The beer will be back soon, ladies Shout and gentlemen. Shout out to Mr. GQ for still being alive while watching our episode. <laughs> Yo, Mr. GQ, man, appreciate you watching uh, our episodes while you're driving through the traffic, man. We appreciate the stop and go. But as we continue talking Knicks here on this MAGA Nick Show podcast. We, um, yeah, Frank Nilakina, man. Frank, Frank Nilakina. I think a lot of us fell victim to how fast he was going to develop, right? You know, more often than not, do we we see on Instagram and social media platforms players working out, players training, players lifting wow, weights and developing so and stuff like that. It is very misleading. It is. And I think Jay, we need to take a step back. 
as as observers, as fans, as the youth, we need to take a step back and realize that there's a process to this. Yes. The kid is still 19 years old. Yeah. I think we all expected him to come out in summer league and just completely dominate. He was going to just night and day. He was going to be aggressive, uh, you know, dropping 20 buckets, uh, 10 assists. He was going to come out and kill it. We didn't see that, Jay. Well, how, how did you give me an assessment of his game? What you saw in in, in the the two games he played? I I was hurt in the sense of what I saw on Instagram, what I've seen. Um, I just don't see it necessarily translate in a dominating way. Right. And for me, it's like yo, for you to already have one year under the league in the league and to play in summer league, um, I think you should have a certain dominance uh, over everyone that you're playing. Similar to um, when we played the Hawks, John Collins looked like he was dominating out there and that's the type of dominance i was looking for from frank at least the type of uh, way to control the game um and I, I felt underwhelmed. Everything that I saw from Frank was just still underwhelming. Um, I think at times he's still too slow to cut. Um, he still wasn't finishing um, in the post. And um, I, I, I just don't want to sound too negative on the kid because I, I get it. He has such a future still ahead of him. But I don't necessarily have great things to say I, I still know the upside is there but i i want to see more right now and it's it's tough it is it is very tough and let me let me piggyback on that because you know i, I go through this struggle every single day i wake up and i'm like you know i, I want to be anakin you know i, I want to be Anakin when he was a good kid following you know the Jedi way and I should and then I see Frank's performance and I'm like Anakin with the lightsaber slaughtering the kids in the Jedi <laughs> in the Jedi uh, training center you know I, I, I just I'm, I'm like leaning towards the dark side like rip them apart tear them a new one um, Frank man his game is going to elevate when he really works on his post game you know we saw several times and shout out to our boy Chris Brickley man shout out to him the trainer of the century man he is really putting in the work, getting these players fit uh, back into game shape and elevating their games, most importantly. Um, so, yeah, we saw Frank working out with Chris and he was doing this turnaround post game thing. I think that's Frank's next uh, evolution besides his ball handling. If he can get little point guards, little point guards, I say, um, in the post and just abuse them with that turnaround bank shot, turnaround uh, step back jumper that he had, whatever he was working on, man. If he can get that down and make it effective and, and his signature go-to move, uh, he, he would be lethal. But it, it starts with his ball handling, like you said, man. Yeah, um, and just the uh, decisiveness of already knowing what he wants to do. Right. I think he still always just wants to pass, and that's not a bad thing until it becomes a bad thing. I think there's come certain times and certain points in the game that I understand he's still learning the feel of the game. But there's going to be points in the game where you have to take that shot where then instead, you know, um, you fake and then pass it to someone else. You, you have to learn that pace of the game. And that, I guess he's still picking that up. I can't judge him for that. Right. Um, but I want to see that decisiveness. So I already know what I want to do and I'm baiting you. As a defend, uh, you know, me being the offensive player and you defending me, I'm baiting you into certain positioning on the hardwood for me because I already know the play that I'm pulling off. Makes sense? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But I, I, I really think that starts with ball handling, man. The more control you have over the ball, the more you can you have control over the defender. You can dictate where you want the defender to go and how to beat him and get to the basket, get to your spots. Frank doesn't have spots on the court that he likes to get to. 
more often than not, we see him dribbling up the court. The defender will like, you know, slide over, step slide laterally uh, and and stop his dribble. Yeah. Frank will pick up his dribble instantly. He won't even get to the three point line sometimes when, before he picks up his dribble. And, and that's a huge issue. So his ball handling must improve before the jump shot, before the post game, before anything. I just need to see Frank's ball handling improve. Yeah. He has the court vision. Your ball handling. Frank. Dude, we met last year, man. You you said you were fans of the show. Bro, we're talking to you as friends and family, dog. We love your game, man. Just step up. This is an intervention, Frank. <laughs> if you haven't realized this, Frank, this, this is an intervention to try to get you to handle the ball better. Yeah, no hate, man. He's 19 years old. It will come. No rush, bro. But you know what you need to work on. So, expectations. First year from our new draft selections what are you thinking i mean i'm seeing some of these numbers from kevin knox i personally don't think he's going to average that for the season i mean anything is possible and when you're drinking henny anything is possible possible. uh thank you jr shut the fuck up ziri all right (laughs) we don't need siri we don't need alexa up in here you speak when spoken to (laughs) anyways um kevin knox Oh my God! Woman. See, you called her, man. You called her, woman. <laughs> so Kevin Knox, he did 21 points for the summer league. I am expecting to see. What, what are you expecting to see, Jeff? I'm calling 15.8 points per game. Ooh. I think he's going to do 39% from the field goal, 37% from three. I see. 37% is pretty damn high, man. I think we're going to find him some open spots. I think we're going to find him some open spots. And if anything, speaking on the decisiveness, what I see Frank lack, I saw Kevin Knox handle actually pretty well. Um, he, he, There was a point in time he was a few feet away from the three-point line, and he already knew when he passed the ball out, it was essentially a give-and-go. He got the ball back. He was shooting that shot. Immediately, he centered his feet motioned everything was beautiful mm. took that shot went in did not hesitate and that's what we need we need people that aren't going to hesitate so again 15.8 points per game i think 39% from the field goal 37% from 3 and i see i see six six rebounds a game maybe two assists see that that's where i have to disagree with you on the rebounds man i'm not sure if on the nba level he'll average six rebounds right out the gate um but really quick i'm on our instagram right now the magna nick show and uh i just want to shout out a couple of our fans because on one of our posts we asked them to um fill in the blank on how many points kevin knox will average and uh i see here you know, 13.5, 16.9, 17, 16, 12.5, 18, and so on. Um, I think the biggest factor in how much he'll average is obviously how long KP is out for. Um, I think that is essential to his game because I wouldn't be surprised, man, to be honest with you, if he's the number one go-to scorer on some nights. You know, Tim Hardaway, we, we know him to be inconsistent. Yeah. And... As much as he would like to be the number one scorer, I think he's a number two, number three scorer. So he may chuck up a lot of shots this season. I hope he's more consistent. I love Tim Hardaway, man. His game game could be so much better than it is, but I digress. So Kevin Knox, man. He could he can get maybe about 18 to 25 shots a game. 
uh, if if KP is not around. Yeah, he's so, carrying pretty much a hefty load, which is scary okay. for an 18-year-old. Yeah. That's why I'm hoping Tim can step it up a little bit. But I think Tim will, Tim will, unless he's injured. That's the only way. I mean, dude, consistency I mean, with Tim. That's always his thing. For, um, for our city. Um, but Kevin Knox, he, uh, I can see him averaging about 17, uh, uh, I'm sorry, about 16.5 to 17 to 18 points. Uh, and I'm basing that off of what Jason Tatum did last year. Um, but Jason Tatum wasn't the first option or the second option. I believe he, him and Jalen Brown averaged about the same. And as we know, Kyrie Irving was the, the primary uh, scorer on that team. And it's it's going to be interesting to see Gordon Hayward come back for them. But this isn't the Celtic show. show. Yeah, this, this isn't the bad good Celtic show. show. There's, There's no, no such thing. thing. Um, and, and don't, don't think, think about it, it, ladies and gentlemen. Don't, don't think yeah. about it. Um, but yeah, Kevin Knox is going to have more opportunities to score. So I'm, I'm basing it off of that. He may have, you know, 16.5 up to, up to 17. I, I think the success of our rookies is going to be dependent on who is going to start at point guard for us. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to have a huge effect. Um, I think Frank is going to be our starting point guard. Okay. I, I, I kind of think that really, but I, uh, I kind of want to vouch more for Trey Burke. I think Trey Burke has that aggressiveness to him and he has an understanding of the game where he hasn't really panned out. I, maybe how he may have envisioned himself or how he was even hyped out of college yeah, as and um, as a lottery pick, exactly. Um, and he's still incredibly young. So I think he he had some monster games for the Knicks. When Knicks fans this past season didn't have anything really to root for, we were rooting for Trey Burke with some of those monster games really and looking did. like Allen Iverson in his prime. My man, Trey Burke. Yeah, so I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be interesting, again, depending who we have uh, starting at the game for us to be able to ease our rookies. And I think even though Trey Burke hasn't seen the most success in the association, he brings the experience. Um, whereas Frank lacks that experience. And I trust me, I understand uh, Coach Fizdale's point of view as well, where it's like, this is the time for the rookies to play. You know, throw them out there. Let let them learn how to swim. Um, but at the same time, it, it's not simply about developing. It's about developing correctly right. and putting people in the uh, seat to win, in the seat to, you know, Ride, ride safely, safely. How, whatever analogy you want to <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to you on an yeah. analogy but I understand what you're saying Macadixio <laughs> aimless plug um, no you're absolutely right man and I think Fizdale made this very clear with his um, you know with his mantra yeah uh it's like you kill, or you keep what you kill, right? Which was fierce. I love that. Oh, I love that. I mean, if if there was ever a mantra you could ride a season to, you keep what you kill, ladies and gentlemen. And I think what he was trying to say was, you know, if if you kill your role, if you kill your job, you're going to keep your spot. And it's as clear as that. So I think with this three-headed monster at point guard that we have, Frank Nilekina, Trey Burke, and Emmanuel Moutier, who, whom we're not giving a lot of credit to here, but uh, I think they're going to battle it out in training camp. And I think the best of the bunch will be the starter. I don't think he's leaning towards any which way, um, but I, I do think whoever comes out on top of that will be the starter. And it's funny because we're not giving much credit here to Emmanuel Moutier, 
granted we haven't seen many workout videos from him but you know he's got to be motivated he, he, he's got to be motivated especially after Jeff Hornacek treated him he threw him out there kind of like you know looked like a chicken with his head cut off yeah and then Fizdale came in like listen Moutier you have a, a skill set a serious skill set we're going to get you right and you know we're going to help you finish at the basket which he has trouble doing he has trouble shooting um we're gonna get you right so don't be shocked if emmanuel mudier looks better than we expected because we already kind of seen a glimpse of uh, frank nilakina yeah. and so his progression hasn't been where we thought it it would be um so we're kind of i'm resting on trey burke or emmanuel mudier to step up now i think emmanuel it now's his time bro it really is. You saw what Frank Nilakina was doing out there. You were there at Summer League. You didn't play, but you were watching. You saw that, you know, in this spot, he was getting rattled, his handle, this and that. So you know what you need to pick up and do. I think he needs to go in guns blazing in training camp like, okay, I'm going to earn this starting spot. I'm going to take it. I'm going to make it mine. Because granted, we are rooting for him, but I don't think anyone expects Emmanuel Moutier to start the season at point guard. No. Nope. You know, so nope. I, I think... Now would be his time. But uh, wh- whoever comes out of training camp uh, raising the sword, I think, is going to be the starter. Yo, I think we need to conclude this because we got to save some topics for the episodes themselves. Oh, this is just a little filler, a little taster for you guys. Stay tuned to the next episode. You'll be able to catch this podcast on IGTV, IG Live, YouTube, and Apple Podcast. Holla at your boy. This has been TK. That's Jay. Much love. Mad good Nick show, baby. Chopped cheese for dinner. You already know that's what we're going to have to do after this. <laughs> I'll catch you guys later.